This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, well, well. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Or maybe I should say that in my phony Southern accent, like Gomer Pyle. Surprise, surprise, surprise. FBI refuses to identify the other social media companies it's paying to push fake news and regime propaganda. This is state media. This is against the Constitution. This is blatantly illegal. Or is it? Don't forget. Barry Satoro had them put the Smith-Munt Repeal Act into the 2013 National Defense Authorization Act. The NDAA passed it literally in the middle of the night. It was like 2, 3 a.m. They rammed it through. And what it did is it repealed the Smith-Munt Act. What was the Smith-Munt Act? The Smith-Munt Act prevented the government from propagandizing Americans on American soil. Right? We had Radio Free Europe that was pushing American messages into Eastern Europe behind the Iron Curtain. We have Voice of America that was doing the same thing all over the world. But it was illegal for the government to propagandize Americans until Barry Satoro pushed through, or had the Democrats get the Republicans. That's what actually happened. The Democrats got the Republicans to cave and add it to the 2013 NDAA. And so now there's no more Smith-Munt Act, and now the government can propagandize Americans on American soil. And just to make sure that they were able to do this, in the 2016 NDAA, they slid in the Global Engagement Center under the Secretary of State. What the Global Engagement Center is supposed to be for is to countering extremist narratives that are trying to recruit young terrorists Right. So you wanna you wanna combat the the pro terrorist narratives, the narratives that are telling these young guys that have no hopes of a job and therefore no hopes ever of a wife or a family that they'll get seventy two virgins if they go and blow themselves up and take some Jews and Americans with them. And even better, if you can get an American Jews, that's a twofer. So we want to combat those narratives, right? And that's a good thing. You do want to combat those narratives. But in combination with the Smith-Mutt Repeal Act, that lets the government engage on social media to push government narratives against Americans. Anti-science, lethal narratives, like the fact that ivermectin is horse paste, which it isn't. Like the fact that HCQ doesn't work, which it does. Like the fact that zinc doesn't combat viruses, which it's ridiculous to even say that. But that's where we are as a nation, folks. Our government is the enemy, and it's propagandizing us on the daily. I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning.
It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about vilifying MAGO. It's just not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio, ENT. So if you think I'm out there, if you think I'm an extremist, if you think I am a threat to democracy, Jeff Bezos, you're going to love my next guest. <laughs> Dustin Gold is a great friend of mine. And folks, Dustin, I was so excited when I met Dustin because it's like, yes, he understands all the stuff I've been talking about for years. And he's added like 10 times more information than even I had. So welcome to The Reckoning, Dustin Gold. Wow, it's an honor to be here, man. You have a producer now. I mean, this is pretty amazing, Timothy. How, how long have you had this show? It's, uh, for about three months now, and that, that's right. I'm a real boy now, Dustin. No longer Congrats. a wooden puppet. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I'm Maria Albanese, a mutual friend of ours, told me a few weeks ago. She said, Timothy's got a show on this TNT radio. I said, that's explosive. No, it's great to see you behind the mic doing this. You deserve it, Tim. Thanks very much, Dustin. So, Dustin, I've got one word for you, and then I'm just going to let you run with it. Transhumanism. <laughs> You're going to let me run with it. Now, <laughs> now, see, I don't know what you've talked to your audience about with this, but, and, and, and again, I don't, I don't know exactly uh, the type of audience you speak to. I would assume it's like my audience. Uh, I launched my show under the Thomas Paine Network. That's Mike Moore. And so he had a lot of folks, obviously, came out of the Trump camp, out of MAGA. Uh, as things started to go awry the last year of Trump with COVID land, the high school theater production that kicked off, everyone got pulled into that live action role play and so a lot of folks were starting to try to figure out what the heck is going on uh you know was trump part of it was trump uh baited into this does he not really have any power i think that's what a lot of people are trying to figure out right now and so when i decided to launch my show in july and then we really kicked it into high gear into september in september i said what am i going to talk about what are the things i've studied over the years that i think would be interesting and i want want to further examine and research and i can share with people and it's not just a carbon copy of what others are doing out there i definitely didn't want to be the sean hannity to uh, mike moore that sean hannity served as a rush limbaugh to for for many many years so i decided to talk about technocracy and transhumanism and really spend a lot of time investigating the history of it where we are today in the president what we can expect in the future and then for those folks who want to live one foot outside of this matrix of this system how can they go about doing this uh, in a realistic fashion and until you really understand your enemy and you really understand the problems that we're facing it's very hard to develop realistic solutions even get to realistic goals uh, i am someone who believes that a lot of this stuff unfortunately is inevitable when you research the so-called private sector companies as well as the investment capital and then the governments that they're partnered with it's pretty clear that a lot of this stuff is coming. A lot of it's here already, and it's going to continue to grow as we get to the magic years of 2030 and 2050. Uh, and this goes way beyond what Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, or even his king philosopher Yuval Noah Harari talks about. Those guys are sort of just figureheads. I look at the World Economic Forum as sort of the chamber of commerce of the public and the private sector coming together to implement all of this 
technocracy that we're seeing. So when you're talking about transhumanism, you can find the roots of transhumanism going back to the early 1900s. It really comes out of even the eugenics movement that came out of the progressive era going back to the late 1800s. And now you have this idea of technocracy that grew out of the early 1900s as well. It really took form in the 1920s and 1930s. And so I have something I call a technocratic transhumanism, which is really what I spend a lot of time dissecting because the technocrats and the transhumanists really overlap at this stage uh, they all really grew out of progressivism socialism communism marxism and then later even fascism so it's all really connected and i would imagine a lot of people that were interested in politics going back to the days of say barack obama and then donald trump have studied saul alinsky have studied marxism cultural marxism things of that nature so this is kind of the underbelly that i missed all these years i was always busy studying Alinsky and studying Marxism. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what were these technocrats, these guys that were rising out of, uh, came out of the panic of 1893 and then really picked up steam with the Great Depression. And so um, we're in this stage now, as the World Economic Forum puts it, the merger of the physical, the biological, and the digital worlds. And this is sort of the technocracy meets transhumanism in real time. It's pretty scary stuff, Timothy. It's dark but I tell people I'm not trying to blackpill you and get you to run and hide under your bed and cry yourself to sleep unless of course if that's your thing maybe you like to do that but no I'm trying to wake people up to what's really there and I think it helps answer a lot of the questions people have a lot of things that don't make sense I look at many of the people out there sort of like Neo in the Matrix uh, before he is unplugged by Morpheus that in our DNA as humans we know something's wrong something doesn't feel right we just just don't know exactly what it is what's driving it where it comes from and so we can look at some of the people exactly. I call technocratic yeah exactly and so the further you dig into this the further you educate yourself i think it starts to answer a lot of questions you know people get hung up uh today on say i mean this has been going on five seven years in the public and the mainstream the whole transgender issue well the transgender issue really comes out of this whole transhumanist issue first you erase genders and then it's easy to get people to erase their whole identity as a human so um it, it's been quite it an is and let's be journey. very clear here let's be very clear because i think you've struck upon something very important and it's the it's the overlap of, of of trans uh humanism and technocracy right because technically we we're all transhuman right we have we use a digital device to access information that we don't have information to in our our corporeal body, and that's our iPhone. We can we can look up, we can duck duck go anything. We can we can find a a map and where we want to go, right? So we use these digital devices, and, and and technically that's transhumanism. We have knee replacements and hip replacements and and spinal inserts, and technically that's transhumanism. Elon Musk, for example, in his Neuralink, is working on a device that will bridge the gap in a spinal injury. So the reason people are paralyzed when they have a spinal injury is that the message is there's damage to the spinal cord and the messages aren't getting through all the way to the muscles. So he wants to build Neuralink to bridge that gap. That people would argue is a good thing, right? We do a lot of work with soldiers with, uh, now, you know, we had the $6 million man back in the 1970s. Well, now we do have prosthetic limbs that, can be self-actuated, actuated by thought, 
and they're getting quite good. That's transhumanism. But what the real problem here isn't remedying physical damage. It isn't trying to repair people that have been horribly injured. It's creating a false religion of man, right? So it's you can take all your memories. This is their goal, to take all your memories and all your life experiences and upload them in a digital format so that you become immortal, right? This is nothing other than the lie that Satan has told humanity for millennia. Yes. No, now this is a tricky subject and I don't know, you know, you got to be careful these days because I don't know where people's funding comes from. And there's a very interesting character who plays a big part in all of this today. And that's uh, Peter Thiel. Okay. So Peter Thiel, you got to be careful because he funds a lot of supposedly conservative organizations, but Thiel is on record uh, on video. Well, he was behind Blake Masters running for the Senate in Arizona recently, and he's done a lot of good. I want to dig into Peter Thiel more in depth after the break. You're listening to TNT Radio. TNT. Alexa, explain B-I-D-E-N. B-I-D-E-N is president. Oh, very good. And now explain B-I-D-E-T. B-I-D-E-T is your butt washer. Okay, so they're pretty much the same. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. My guest is our Dustin Gold is one of the experts I turn to on the overlap between the technocrats that have been around for over 100 years, about 130 years now, and transhumanism, which is a relatively new movement. And it's a scary, brave new world the global elites want for us, and you have to know about it if you're going to be able to fight it. So, Dustin, Peter Thiel, controversial character, does some things that conservatives think are good, and then he's involved in some things that really aren't so conservative, huh? Well, this is how I look at things when I'm starting an investigation. Even when I'm meeting anyone in my personal life now, I just start off assuming that that person is bad. <laughs> and then they have to prove themselves. That's a safe good. assumption. Right. So I, I know Peter Thiel's history. Yeah, I trust knew- is earned. Yes. And in 2015, when he was backing Trump, and I was a big Trump fan in 2015, I just said, oh, okay, he must be a good guy. It's this billionaire from Silicon Valley. And then over the years, I started doing more and more research into him. Now, Peter and those who support him and promote him would call him sort of a conservative, libertarian guy. And I just have to be honest. Peter Thiel is not conservative, and Peter Thiel is not libertarian. Okay, so if we take conservative based on what we believe conservative, was if we go back 15, 20 years ago into the Reagan years, we looked at sort of um, social conservatism and fiscal conservatism. Well, Peter Thiel cannot be a social conservative when he's backing all of these transhumanist companies, transhumanist technologies, and he cannot be a fiscal conservative because essentially he's a welfare queen. All of his money comes really from government contracts. And we could break this down. You can just take his company Palantir, for example. It was started not long after 9-11. It was funded by the CIA through NQTEL, the CIA's hedge fund. And Palantir today as of 2018, under the Trump administration, they got a $100 million contract 
inside of the IRS to track down you and me to bother other people. So I don't think a libertarian guy would be in partnership with the IRS. And there are dozens upon dozens of these examples I can give on Peter Thiel. Also, going back to 2006, he personally was funding the Singularity Institute. The Singularity Institute's main focus is the merger of man and machine. The term singularity in modern days really comes out of Ray Kurzweil. Kurzweil is the chief engineer at Google. Kurzweil is the guy who came up with the concepts of uploading your consciousness to the cloud and creating an AI hive mind, which then would be beamed back down as a third layer of the brain. They call it the silicon-based neocortex in the cloud. That also connects in with what a lot of Elon Musk talks about, and he's discussed on Joe Rogan's podcast in 2018 and 2020, which I've gone back and analyzed on my show. I look at it through a new lens now, through fresh eyes, now that I'm investigating this and going, let me really listen to what Elon Musk is talking about. So Peter Thiel is involved with these immortality companies. He has a company, Ambrosia. Ambrosia is the Greek term for the concoction that the gods drank for immortality. Well, Peter Thiel's focused on taking young blood and injecting it into older people. He's got a lot of these companies. Jeff Bezos has them, Mark Cuban, a lot of this stuff seeking out immortality the other thing when i research them is i always look at it from and, the that, and that's nothing new though like right we first heard about it with cryogenics you know walt yeah. disney's heads in a freezer someplace and these this this really goes back this is a human urge and, and i keep saying it's it's millennia old wanting to elevate man to the status of gods ray kurzweil came out of mit and i was familiar with his work in the mid 90s and my boss at the time was the most brilliant guy I've known, uh, had known up to that point and actually since. And I gave him for Christmas, we did gag gifts in the office. And I went out and I got a little plastic, like Bob the Builder type construction helmet. And I went down to You Do It Electronics and I bought a whole bunch of, you know, printer, printer serial cables. Remember those wide, you know, three inch yeah. wide wire cables and all sorts of uh, transistors and capacitors and just different electronic components. And I built, as a gag, the first <laughs> wetware hardware interface so that he could upload his brain to the cloud. And, and I got the idea from reading Ray Kurzweil's uh, work over at MIT. Uh, so, And that was 25, 28 years ago now. So this stuff's been around for a while. It's just starting to break through to the mainstream now, the uh -huh. conversation. And we have those out of DARPA. That's the transcranial electronic stimulation helmet, uh, right? Coming out of the brain initiative. Right. You know, it's a non-invasive version of a Neuralink. When in fact, you know, Neuralink, uh, and, and you could watch this. There's a guy named Dr. Charles Morgan III. He worked for the CIA for 11 years as an intelligence officer. He's now a professor at University of New Haven. He gave a lecture in front of the West Point Military Academy cadets and staff. I don't know why it's on YouTube and why it was published, but he talks all about this transcranial electronic stimulation helmet, and he shows videos, essentially, of everything. He's not talking about Musk, but he's showing videos coming out of DARPA and the Brain Initiative going back to the early 2000s, doing exactly what Musk is now rolling out as what I look at as an adoption campaign, the monkey mind pong video that Musk released a couple of years ago where they got a monkey, a macaque monkey, to play Pong inside of its head. That was done back in 2003, coming out of the Brain Initiative, so it was nothing new. But that's why these guys 
are very complicated. One of the most troubling things that I've seen Peter Thiel actually say, I mean, he does a lot of really bad stuff, in my opinion, but one of the things he actually said on the record, on video, was that transhumanism and Christianity are very similar. There's only small metaphysical differences because they both offer eternal life. You know, Christianity offers eternal life with God, and transhumanism offers immortality right here and i'm saying to myself this man brands himself (laughs) as a conservative libertarian guy and he's out there trying to say that transhumanism and christianity are the same thing i mean just just my opinion is a lot of the young conservatives people we know like magdalene rose that come out of the christian conservative world that they don't even realize a lot of them are taking money from Peter Thiel because he's invested even in national conservatism now. As you said, he backed Blake Masters, J.D. Vance, other candidates. They don't realize this stuff. I've told a couple of them. They said, no, he said that? He actually said that? I said, oh, yeah. He sat on a panel discussion. I have him going back to 2006 when he said that singularity, the merger of man and machine, was either going to bring a boom of investment opportunities or a boom that would destroy the whole world. But, heck, let's go for it. Let's try it. So I'm like, this is the guy. Let's roll those dice. Yeah, this is a guy passing out money to uh, folks all over the place. And then on top of it, the majority of his uh, software companies, they're embedded. uh, I counted almost every major government agency he's embedded in now. Uh, He was involved with, I I have him on record, talking about how COVID land was fantastic because it would help usher in this new economy. Well, that's all part of the technocracy. He's actually on record saying that it would usher in the new economy. There was all these great opportunities. Opportunities. His company Palantir and other software companies has are in, involved with the government. They were going to be part of the COVID uh, passports. They're part of COVID tracking. So people can say, well, that's just what he does for a business. He's a venture capitalist. He's involved with all these companies. Yeah, well, he's helping advance all this stuff. Well, is there's he a not? Lot more, yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. We'll get to it after the news. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. For all the latest community events, rallies, marches, festivals, and fundraisers happening near you, visit the What's On Events calendar on the TNT Radio website at tntradio.live. Stay in touch on TNT Radio. So Dustin, you make a great point. You can't, on the one hand, say, well, I'm merely seeking investment opportunities, and on the other hand, disclaim any responsibility for what those investment what the companies you've invested in are actually doing, right? You can't say, oh, well, you know, I just made some investments in Ige Farb and, and, uh, you know, it's a good financial investment and, and, and completely disclaim any responsibility for the fact that they're making Zyklon B. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and it's a little different than, let's say you took $5,000 uh, and you bought Moderna stock thinking, hey, whatever, COVID land is real. They're going to roll out vaccines and maybe I'll make a little bit of money. Peter Thiel's investing in early stage in a lot of these companies. So he becomes effectively the spokesman for many of them like Elon Musk does. So he's playing more of a role than a guy who just bought a few shares in some publicly traded company. He's coming in in early rounds. Uh, One of the other things that Peter Thiel does... Yeah, and he's actively directing the development of the technology. Yes, yes, exactly. And one of the other things that he does is he has the Thiel Foundation, okay, and this is his so-called philanthropic work. Inside of the Thiel Foundation, he has what's called the Thiel Fellowship. And the Thiel Fellowship, he goes out and he approaches college kids, and he'll say, listen, 
I will give you $100,000 if you drop out of college and work on whatever the idea is for two years. Now, I've tracked down several of these. In most cases, at the end of the two years, he comes in as the first investor in the company if it seems like it's something that he wants to grab hold of. For instance, he funded a guy named Vitalak Buterin, who was the co-founder of Ethereum at the time that he was developing Ethereum. Now, he had a partner, this guy Vitalak Buterin, whose partner, his name is Joseph Lubin. In 2015, they launch Ethereum. Joseph Lubin spits off, and he forms a company called Consensus. Well, Consensus is one of the lead developers right now with the central banks and the so-called private sector commercial banks and regulated non-banks building all the central bank digital currency projects that we see around the world. In fact, they're the lead developer on the Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub project called Embridge, which is connecting up multiple countries and doing cross-border CBDC tests. So Peter Thiel funded Vitalak Buterin to launch Ethereum. His partner forms consensus. And guess what? Ethereum, which is part of the crypto world that we're told is going to free everyone, all the libertarians were behind it. Ethereum is actually the basis of much of the central bank digital currency. This company, Consensus, that works with the central banks, is actually building all of the projects on top of the Ethereum protocol. So you see, you start with Peter Thiel with one little investment of $100,000, and you can see how this has ballooned into what it's become seven years later. And you can track down Uh, dozens upon dozens of these. Each one is a rabbit hole. But what I do on my show is I'll pick something like that. And in real time, I basically put all the research together over a two hour period. And I kind of move on because there's so much to cover. I don't like to spend 15 or 20 episodes on one particular subject. So anyway, you have Thiel there this big backer of this stuff. You've got Elon Musk, who Peter Thiel is invested in almost every one of Elon Musk's company. Obviously, they go back to PayPal, where Peter Thiel was the don of the PayPal mafia. Elon Musk was part of the PayPal mafia. And so you have Elon Musk uh, getting money from Peter Thiel. Supposedly, Peter Thiel advised him to buy Twitter. I don't like to get a lot into the, the Twitter stuff. But you have Musk now, you talked about with Neuralink. And Neuralink... Uh, helping to try to uh, save people that have paralysis or dementia. But if you really go back to 2018, when Musk first talked about Neuralink publicly on Joe Rogan Experience, it's a lot more than that. And even Musk admits that those people are just the guinea pigs. Now, I also have on record some high-level Frankenstein doctors, I call them, from the military, scientists on podcasts uh, on military.com where they talk basically to a veteran military type audience. And if you really break these guys down and analyze them, which I've done on my show, they are basically laughing about all the people who were maimed and injured that come back from the Iraq war, Afghanistan war, because they become the guinea pigs to do all the cyborg soldier testing on. Cyborg soldier is a program that runs out of our military they have a you know 50 page document on this there's all types of white papers connected to this that we've analyzed on my show and they are essentially using these guys with ptsd people have had their limbs blown off and using them to build the cyborg transhuman uh experiments that they're doing it's it's crazy stuff and these guys when you listen to them they really have no heart and they are telling you that these folks are the guinea pigs the ultimate goal is to create sort of a cyborg and if you actually look at the true definitions of transhumanism transhuman 
transhumanism, transhuman means transitional human. It's from transitioning out of being human and their ultimate goal, uh, and this is from their school of thought, it's their words, not mine, is post-human. And so what I uh, warn my audience about constantly is the idea is to actually engineer humanity out of existence. And so when you take technocracy... They call it humanity 2.0. Yeah, yeah, human 2.0, exactly, which is no more humans. And so when you take technocracy, which is uh, a few different things, it's the science of social engineering, we can get into that later. It's also the systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services, very much like communism. Uh, And then also you have it run by the scientists and engineers. It grew out of really the 1920s with a guy named Howard Scott really put it together under Columbia University. But their whole idea is that the scientists and engineers end up controlling all of society because they're the smartest people. They should be the elite class. They were responsible for the problems we had coming out of the industrial boom because the machines started putting people out of work, you know, similar to what we see today with artificial intelligence. But I always warn the audience, if you let engineers be in charge of engineering humanity, they will eventually engineer humanity out of existence because we will never be perfect in the eyes of the engineer the engineer will continue to find problems you know so for instance we want timothy on the battlefield to be able to lift a thousand pounds okay let's cut off his arms and give him bionic arms well wait a second his shoulders can't bear the weight of the bionic arms okay let's genetically modify him so he has stronger shoulders and you can see this is where we're going with this uh we were deemed to be inefficient metal gear solid wasn't just a video game (laughs) yeah right metal gear solid came out 20 years ago folks and it was a video game where they put nanobots in the bloodstream to create these super soldiers and the and the nanobots could detect what the what was needed whether you needed to stanch some blood from a blood wound or or what the soldier needed and basically what it was was conditioning the next generation to accept the concept Right. And what's the the nanobots in the bloodstream uh, comes from Ray Kurzweil. You know, Ray Kurzweil wanted to give himself, uh, I mean, the guy's taking vitamin injections. You know, this all goes back 25 years, 30 years, but vitamin injections and everything else to keep himself healthy enough till he reached this point in which he could inject nanobots into his body and it would repair his body until we could reach the point in which he could upload his consciousness. And then once he does that, his dream was to be able to beam his mind back into a new biological body or a non-biological body like an iron man suit i mean people would say oh it sounds crazy but these aren't i mean it's not my words timothy just told you he knew of ray kurzweil years ago these are their words these are their dreams and then when you actually look at the companies that our government is funding that the so-called private sector guys who are usually all connected back to the government if you do enough research on them they're getting money from inqtel which is the cia's venture firm you can start to see it's all very real they're actually doing it uh technologically I believe that they could achieve a lot of this, maybe not to the level that they think they can at this point. But if you actually look at the technology, it can all be done. I mean, do, do I necessarily believe you can upload a consciousness to a cloud? No, I broke down the companies that are doing because I think the one thing that these guys always miss on and, and I don't really push um, organized religion on my show but the one piece that these guys miss on constantly is the soul and i think that's really what upsets these frankenstein doctors these technocrats these transhumanists 
they're not really a creator. They want to be God, but they're not God. If they were God, they'd snap their fingers and all this would be done. They are really hijackers. They're pirates. They're uh, hackers and they're thieves. That's basically what they are. Everything they do is about hijacking the human, about modifying DNA, about putting a chip in your head to be they able They even to call it hacking. They, they even do. say that they're hacking humanity. They, they call it, uh, on the street level, they call it biohacking. Uh, if you listen to Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher to the fourth industrial revolution in the World Economic Forum, he comes right out and says it. You know, you are a hackable animal. You are a useless human. You have no spirit. You have no soul. You have no free will. Those days are over. Uh, that is what these guys say. They claim that those who control the data will be the gods of the new era. We know you better than you know your Yourself. I mean, this all comes from these folks at the top. Now, I, I say to people in my regular life who don't uh, listen to this stuff, they aren't interested or they can't comprehend it, they'll say, oh, that guy's crazy. Well, you've all known Harari may be crazy, but he's standing in front of a room of the most powerful people in the world, the top politicians, the bureaucrats, the professors, the CEOs, the trade associate leaders, and he says that. And he doesn't get dragged out behind the dumpster after his speech and beaten to death with uh, with a notebook. No, I mean, he's up there telling people they have no spirit, they have no soul, they have no free will. Well, doesn't that apply to the billionaires he's speaking to as well as the peasants that he's talking about? I mean, it's crazy when you watch this stuff, but you always have to put it into context. Like, who is he actually speaking to? He's not speaking to me or you. He's speaking to a room of the most powerful people on earth, and he's allowed to get away with it, which tells you that they obviously agree with what he's saying because there's no pushback and as well, far as they agree and they think that they're exempt from his critique <laughs> right the well, elites always think they're exempt from the critique and that they're the, going to be the ones that survive yes th that's 100 percent true and if you listen to the way he frames a lot of stuff i think what happens on social media when these clips are chopped up and you see a 60 second clip of yuval harari and people put it to creepy music what happens is it turns it into like a sci-fi movie and i think it actually does disservice to what really goes on so in my show i'll take his whole speech or a whole wef panel discussion and break the whole thing down and analyze it from start to finish because i want people to see none of this is being taken out of context this is actually what they're saying but yeah they believe they're exempt but when you listen to him a lot of what he talks about is he's warning the elites and he's saying a lot of times this is what can be done and if we we don't push forward and use this immediately against the peasants then it can be used against us so he's actually telling them he's warning them that this stuff can be turned against them i mean it's it's all very interesting uh and this idea of transhumanism as i said it, it, a lot of it connects back to the eugenics era i know some people have studied that but if you go back to the progressive era early uh, 1900s late 1800s uh this idea when we were chemically castrating people here sterilizing people here locking them in asylums uh interesting fact in some of the research i was doing i don't think most people even understand this the whole idea 
The original idea of minimum wage came from the progressive era economists, these eugenicists, and its whole purpose was to drive certain people out of the workforce that then they could deem to be what they called unemployable, which moved them into a category called unfit, which then moved them into a category called feeble-minded, which lined them up to go to an asylum and or be castrated. (laughs) It's like, that's where minimum wage actually came from. Yeah, that's where minimum wage came from none of this is from good and and what you just mentioned actually comes from 18 year old mary shelley in 1806 we'll get to that after the break you're listening to the reckoning on tnt radio today's news talk radio tnt so mary wollstonecraft shelley wife of poet and philosopher percy bish shelley was the daughter a political philosopher, William Godwin, and the philosopher and women's rights advocate, Mary Wollstonecraft. Well, on a dark and stormy night, she and her husband, Percy Shelley, and two others had a contest to see who could write the best horror story. <laughs> and, and she actually won the contest with her story of the modern Prometheus, which people will know better as Frankenstein. So this whole idea of creating humanity, of of hacking humanity, human humanity 2.0, human 2.0. It goes back, folks, over 200 years. This is not a new impulse that we have. And you mentioned Elon Musk, Dustin, on the Joe Rogan experience. Joe asked him about AI, and Elon actually got very pensive and looked almost depressed. And it went silent for a moment. And then he said, basically, they're going to do this anyway. If they do it, it's going to be evil. So we've got to create AI of our own to combat their evil AI. Now, I don't know about Elon Musk. I don't know whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. Like you, I judge people based on their actions. Some of his actions I really like, and a whole lot of them are kind of sus. (laughs) But this isn't anything new. No, it's not new. And then what you just talked about there with Frankenstein, this plays into one of the ideologies that grows out of this. There's a gentleman named Dennis Bushnell. He's the chief scientist at NASA. He's been there over 40 years. And he spoke in 2018 at a conference called FIRE. It was uh, Future in Review. And there, Bushnell bragged about this idea of the human evolution of humans. And so he was talking about an example of uh, three, four, five years from now where little kids on the playground will no longer speak to each other at all and they'll just trade text messages back and forth or be able to beam it back and forth with their brain chips and their thoughts and he said so what this is the human evolution of humans and now i've seen that phrase be used by multiple transhumanists out there where they are sick of waiting for God or the creator or mother nature or whatever it may be to allow humans to evolve. So they want to grab hold of this. Now, all these new technologies are growing out of this. There's a whole movement of synthetic wombs. I know there was a video that made the rounds a couple of weeks ago on social media. I've been looking at that technology for a few years, been talking about it on the show. And they're actually starting a whole campaign to convince women uh, beyond now just scheduling their C-section the day that they get pregnant. Now, 
now they're trying to convince them that your womb is inefficient it's not worthy and therefore you should just let us you know pick the embryo as you would do through in vitro and we'll grow it in a synthetic womb in a lab now they're not there yet they haven't rolled this out yet as a as a retail product but this is the ultimate goal now you say to yourself where does ray kurzweil think he's going to beam his mind down to where's this new biological body i don't know could he buy a baby that's grown in a synthetic womb that's probably what these guys are aiming for so there's a lot of really weird and crazy again, stuff. New. that's nothing new that's straight out of brave new world yes oh yeah now now I, only for creation procreation was dirty sex was only for pleasure and it was done you know is it, like you want to go to a movie or you want to go have sex and your sex with uh w the same person more than once in a row was verboten and all babies were formed on an assembly line this is exactly where where these people want to take us it, it's quite interesting that you you bring that up you brought up uh mary shelley's frankenstein uh we've been talking a little bit on my show about the idea of the antichrist in the bible and the beast system and everything it's and i keep posing the question to some of my guests you know does life imitate art or does art imitate life were these books written as uh you know sort of predictive programming or is it revelation of method where they have to tell you their methods or did somebody read this we looked at it as a warning they said wow this is a blueprint i mean it's quite interesting we were talking about the bible for instance and i had said to one of my guests who's been studying theology for over 40 years i said well did god write that uh because he predicted this was going to happen or were there certain people that are actually reading the bible and trying to bring that stuff to life i mean i don't know i just asked the questions but um to me there's just so much out there right now i've got about 120 episodes into my show so over 250 hours of research that i've shared publicly on these topics and this stuff all connects into a larger picture of what's going on as i mentioned with the world economic forum and the fourth industrial revolution which is really this bridge period between the third industrial era and the fourth industrial era a lot of this stuff comes to fruition in 2030 uh, more of it comes into fruition in 2050 but this all has to do with the technocratic like work structure that we've been developing with gig work you know you and i who have to log online to do our show we make money let's say on ad revenue which has been a model for a long time but again we're at the whim of the technocrats they can turn off your show anytime they want they can turn me off anytime they want i was uh, partnered with they Mike have Moore. turned off my previous shows <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I've I've lost Twitter accounts. You used to come on the Douglas DeCody show. Uh, they had turned off Douglas DeCody's yep. ad revenue when I was producing for him. Uh, Mike Moore, who owns uh, Pain.TV, where, where I'm located, uh, they Spotify turned off his ads uh, a couple of months ago. He's in a lawsuit now. Uh, and it's not just the content creators. It's people that are working in the gig industry, whether it be Instacart, uh, which is grocery delivery. Look behind that company. You're going to find a bunch of NQTEL CIA investors behind that company. You can look at DoorDash, 
Uber, Lyft, Uber Eats, all these different gig companies where the service workers have been gone. And you can talk to people in the gig industry. One day they're making $300 a day, and the next day magically their account's turned off and they can't make money anymore. So look at the creatives who have been driven towards Fiverr.com, or they sell their goods on Etsy, or people that used to do flea markets and yard sales that are driven into Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, eBay, things like that. When you go behind all these big tech companies, it's the same handful of guys that control all of it. So all of the work is being concentrated into the gig industries, as Klaus Schwab wrote about in 2016 in his book, The Force Industrial Revolution. He talks about the human cloud, uh, which is what is gig work. And we're all being corralled into this system, which is going to eventually tie into what is central bank digital currency and their ability i was just gonna say add in cbdc's and there we go well and this all ties into the 1920s 1930s ideas of technocracy which was the systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services once you control the monetary system now look i mean we could talk about the federal reserve going back to 1913 in fact Many of the people involved with that were funding the technocracy movement and the eugenics movement. But uh, you go back to the Federal Reserve System. Now, we all look at our cash as fiat money, people that have been paying attention to this stuff for a decade or so. But the CBDC system is even different because now it controls everything down to the last transaction, to the cup of coffee that you're buying. And they have ability to program it through the blockchain. They can turn it on and off uh, through artificial intelligence, through algorithms, control what you can buy, when you could buy it and not just me or you they can control like let's say i've heard people say to me well what about guns are they going to turn off my ability to buy guns and ammo at the gun store never mind that what about them turning off the ability for the gun store owner to buy guns and ammo what about them turning off the ability for the manufacturer of the ammo to buy the raw materials needed to actually produce the ammunition so you can go all the way up the supply chain and it can all be affected along the way and this is what this system of technocracy is going to allow and once you control the distribution of the goods and services and the means of production i mean you have a stranglehold uh, around the entire world i mean this is where they're going they talk openly about it now i've had guests on that are in finance and stuff and we've had open conversations and we've all been reviewing the thousands of pages of documents and reviewing all the white papers on this and the panel discussions now it's a matter of when it's going to come can they get away with it are they going to get 190 countries on board with this all at one time well when it's operating through the central banks that are all members of either the bank for international settlements or members of the world bank i think it can be done a lot uh, easier than people actually believe it could we almost had central bank yeah, digital it's, a, it's a lot closer than people think and, and and with obamacare with the uh medical records you know it's literally going to be you're going to be at the grocery store and you're going to try to check out, and the checkout girl is going to say, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry, Mr. Gold. Your your last physical showed that you're 2.3 kilograms overweight, so I'm not allowed to sell you these uh, <laughs> sticky buns. So off go the sticky buns, and your cholesterol is a mite high. So that that strip steak, I, I'm sorry, that's going to have to go back too. And if you think I'm kidding, people, you haven't been paying attention. No, that's now, just you're quickly right. because. Uh, we're going to keep you on through the second hour because I've got so much more I want to talk to you about. But for people listening on all of the uh, podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, etc., uh, listening to the podcast episodes, how can they find your show? 
It's uh, the Dustin Gold Standard. The Dustin Gold Standard. And that's on, uh, yep, all the different podcast platforms. And then the ad-free video version of that show is over at pain.tv slash gold. Pain.tv slash gold. This is a great. I'm, I'm so excited to have you on because we're of a like mind on this stuff. And there's so much more to dig into. Uh, and I want to uh, keep talking about the spiritual aspect of this, okay? Because I really do look at this as Satan's revenge, right? This is the devil's last attempt. He was cast out of heaven because he wanted to be on par with God, right? So if if you're believing in this story, he was thrown out of heaven along with one-third of the angels in heaven because he sought equality with God. And he's the father of lies, he's the deceiver, he's all these names, and he's been whispering in humanity's ear for millennia that we too are gods, that we too can be equal to God, going back to Adam and Eve in the garden, right? No, he just doesn't want you to know as much as he does. Of course you can eat that fruit. It's not going to kill you. Go ahead, take a bite, right? And that's what this transhumanism movement is really all about it's equating humanity with the divine it's making gods of ourselves but it's a false promise because all it is is digital slavery i'm timothy shea this is the reckoning you're listening to tnt radio tnt radio wants you to get on our soapbox because your opinion matters Tell us what you really think at tntradio.live. Upload a video, some audio, or drop us a note on TNT Radio's soapbox. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Political neutrality. Not with Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's news talk radio, TNT. TNT. Welcome back for part two of my interview on transhumanism with Dustin Gold. You can see his show, The Dustin Gold Standard, on all the podcast platforms and the ad-free version on pain.tv. That's P-A-I-N-E dot TV slash gold. Dustin, you talked about the eugenics movement. You talk about the how this all came out of the progressives and how they used the minimum wage to be able to drive people out of the workforce and then be able to marginalize them to the point where they could be chemically castrated or, or even euthanized the eugenics movement, the euthanasia movement. And at the same time, the notion of overpopulation, they've been on and on and on about how the planet is overpopulated. And if you look at an analysis of the numbers, right, the planet's not overpopulated. We've got incredibly populated cities and most of the, planet's land mass is unpopulated now not all of that is arable land not all of it's livable you've got the uh, siberian steppes you've got you know the far north you've got the sahara desert and the gobi desert but you could take every single person if you were to stand shoulder to shoulder you could take every single person on the planet and fit them within the confines of new york city okay now that's not a great way to live shoulder to shoulder right so let's say you wanted the density of manhattan you could take all of humanity at the density of Manhattan, which is extremely livable, and simply be on the island of Australia. 
right? So most of the planet is uninhabited or under-inhabited. We do not have a population crisis. We are not overpopulated. In fact, there was a famous wager back in the 1980s between one of the overpopulation people and someone who had some sense. And they said, I'll allow you to pick a basket of commodities. You choose the commodities. And in 10 years' time, not only the entire basket, but every single commodity in the basket will be cheaper. And sure enough, it was, because what they always fail to account for, ironically, is technology, right? So you've got technological advantages. We've got GPS farming now where you don't overseed because the tractor knows exactly where it has been and where it needs to go to lay down the rows of corn, for example, or wheat without any seed overlap, without any wastage. So we consistently increase the productivity of land. We increase the amount of food that we can generate, which they kind of figured out finally. And now we're seeing the concentration of farmland owned by the Chinese government, owned by Bill Gates, owned by all of these elites. I don't think it's because they want to feed us, Dustin. No. Well, if you look at what's coming out of the United Nations with their 30 by 30 plan, which is by 2030, they want to control 30% of the oceans, 30% of the land. And if you go out to 2050, you can find this in the Bank for International Settlement documents. They want to control 50% of the oceans and the land. So they want to drive everyone into the overpopulated areas. Now, would you not find this to be interesting that the same people who are talking about overpopulation all the time, people like Bill Gates, let's say, because people are most familiar with Bill Gates, someone who back in 2010 at TED Talks said, if we do a great job with healthcare, a great job with our new vaccines, and a great job with family planning, that's um, abortion is what he's talking about, we can lower the population by 10 to 15%. Now, that's not fake news. That hasn't been fact-checked. You can watch the whole speech that is in context with what bill gates actually said but the same people the same technocrats and transhumanists that talk about overpopulation are the same people that are offering this idea of immortality now if you made everyone immortal would that not lead to more overpopulation see this is the when you break these guys down and you look at them from a common sense standpoint you say well they're lying about one side or the other are they lying about the overpopulation or are they lying about offering everyone immortality because they love you now at the same time these well you guys, see they're going to offer it they're going to offer it dustin right they're going to offer everybody immortality but unfortunately I, I, I strongly suspect that a lot of those servers are going to go down. Oh, we had a power outage. <laughs> well, that's there goes that's your exactly digital true. immortality. <laughs> right. They, they believe that they're going to get the immortality. That's the truth. The rest of us that are allowed to live end up as slaves in the digital prison planet matrix metaverse system. Okay, the ones that get to live. And there's a reason why you're going to get to live, because either they're going to turn you into a battery, an air filter, or a DNA storage drive to power this entire system. We could get into that at another time, all the technology they're building with that. But when you go back 
to the technocrats out of the early 1900s, part of the argument they were making was that the industrial era, which they claim responsibility for, the scientists, the engineers, the machinists, the technologists, created a population boom because we made the ability to produce things easier. It was also driving people out of work with the machines, and then more people were having more babies. And they say, that's why you have to put us in charge. Now, so all of a sudden you create what appears to be overpopulation and then you offer a solution which is depopulation this is the same way that margaret sanger the founder of planned parenthood did it she helped create the so-called free love movement which then led to more women getting pregnant that didn't want to be pregnant and then the solution was hey you can get an abortion uh see they always use this problem reaction solution loop they create the problems they provoke the reactions they offer the solution and we see that happen time and time again i mean it, it really becomes so obvious once you actually recognize what it is these people are doing so in my eyes they create this problem that they call overpopulation so that they can then offer the solution which is depopulation look how many people uh, pre-covid land the high school theater production would be driving around near atlanta you know atlanta georgia or driving around in los angeles or new york city and you'd be screaming oh my god i wish half these people were gone you sound like thanos in uh, marvel in the marvel uh, superhero movies right you just want to snap your fingers now covid land opens back up a year ago the highways get bad there's horrible drivers out there and you're saying it again they're priming you for when they're getting ready to say you know what would be a great idea if we just killed 50 percent of the people i mean it's honestly the setup is there. And, and you know that worked out so well that worked out so well let's do it again <laughs> yeah I'm telling you, it's you can see it in action at all times. Now, it was interesting because before the break, you mentioned looking at this from a spiritual sense. And one of the things we got into recently on my show, and now I, I got into this thing, I'm lining up all these different pastors to come on as guests because I want to talk to people about their interpretation of the Antichrist, you know, in a biblical sense. Because one of the theories I floated out there on one of the shows with a guest a few weeks ago uh, was this idea of artificial intelligence actually being the Antichrist. And I know about a lot of different technologies, so a way that it can come to people. Because one of the things that the guest brought up was the Tower of Babel and how everyone spoke the same language and then God broke us up into nation states, created all these different languages, and it would make it more difficult for one man, like a dictator, to rise who could, uh, or, or the Antichrist to rise to speak to all the men at one time, right? So we have, what, 200 languages I mean, in India, there's over 20 dialects. So I said to the guest, how could Satan or how could the Antichrist come to us in the form of a man uh, when this man could not speak to everyone on the planet in 200 different languages? First off, in the United States, we generally think a little smaller. So you'll hear people, is Obama the Antichrist? Is Trump the Antichrist? Is Biden the Antichrist? Is Elon Musk the Antichrist? Well, at any given time, half the country hates that person. So they're not going to get those people on board. And then the rest of the world, probably only 20% even know who those people are. And unless it's transcribed for them, they can't understand them anyway. So what is this Antichrist? Does it have to come in the form of a man? How do you see it, Timothy? Because I know you've been studying this stuff for a long time. And I figure I'll ask you, you a question about this. You know, that's a fascinating idea. And I really 
I hadn't uh, thought of that before, but if you look at it, Dustin, what does the Antichrist do in the Bible? He brings global peace and prosperity. Wars are yes. ended. Everyone is well-fed. And, yeah, we've traditionally looked at it as being a person, but what if the person was a digital fiction? With the deep fake videos, it could be a person, right? It could be anthropomorphized AI consciousness. Exactly. Now, I want to blow your audience's mind. Moreover, moreover, <laughs> yep, moreover, what if, in, in addition to speaking to everyone in their own native language, they appeared to those people as one of them? Ah, you must have listened to my show. No, so I wanted to blow your mind. This is, this is a case of first impression. No, folks. this is this is fantastic because that's what I started uh, just riffing on to this uh, guest I had on, and I said to them, "Imagine the ability for this, like if it had to come in the form of a human, right? So imagine us five or ten years down the road where a lot of people are going to be walking around with augmented reality glasses or virtual reality glasses or AR contact lenses or eyeglasses, you know, all this different stuff that's coming. So imagine if this character, this person, this thing comes to you in the form of a human. And as you just mentioned, with deepfake. So I started doing uh, research on deepfake five or six years ago. Well, I started looking into this company, Synthesia, S-Y-N-T-H-E-S-I-A, a couple of weeks ago. And Synthesia is actually, the original money came from Mark Cuban. And the guy who was the co-founder of this company was one of the original professors who created deepfake technology. Now, he's tied in with another gentleman named Lars Butler, who is partnered with former head of the NSA, uh -huh. Keith Alexander, on a company called Artificial Intelligence Foundation that I did about six episodes on a few months back. And so this company, Synthesia now, has a software for $30 a month. You can pick uh, from about 100 different human forms, and you can type in the text and you can create whatever commercials or training videos and you can actually have that character push that out in 65 different languages it looks real it's one of the closest uh, ai projections to a human i've seen so far so i said so just imagine a technology like that now let's say this antichrist comes to you tim and it starts talking to you i don't know you're feeling down so it comes to you in the form of a psychiatrist or if you like cooking it comes to you in the form of a cook and because they have such a large digital footprint on every single one of us right that's constantly being run through algorithms through the servers through this artificial intelligence we uh i was led to believe and i thought for a while the idea was to create a digital twin or a mind twin of each of us that lives inside of this metaverse world and that's why they were collecting all the data but then i started to say well imagine the data was actually going to be used against you just like how they'd use it to send you quote unquote better advertisements but now this character powered by ai with a deep fake skin a human puppet skin could actually talk to you in real time and if you're an african guy with a plate lip it could come to you in the form as an african guy with a plate lip or if you're um, a mountain man up in poland somewhere a highlander it comes to you in that form and it can speak to you in real time back and forth because it's operating on this database this digital footprint it already has on you it knows your emotions it knows your thoughts and if you're walking 
walking around with a Fitbit or an iWatch or any other device connected to the internet of bodies, you're actually feeding your heart rate, your oxygen levels and everything back into the system. I mean, this is something that they're making bus drivers in China wear uh, for the purpose of reading their emotions. They're actually doing this. They're doing it in Dubai as well. So people are walking around with this stuff on. You're actually feeding your emotions back to the system. And this is what Yuval Noah Harari has talked about, that those who control the data will be the gods of the new era. Elon Musk has talked about this on Rogan's show as well, that we are just nodes in the system and every interaction we have with technology, we are feeding the system and helping them build this AI hive mind. So I started to flesh this. Well, that's exactly what all those things on. Yeah, that's exactly what all those things on Facebook are. Tell us your favorite books, your favorite movies, your favorite music. Take this quiz. What does your name mean about you? It's like, yeah, it has nothing to do with your name. It has all to do with how you're going to answer those questions, right? It's literally you're helping them build the Borg. Look forward to continuing this after the break. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. A cashless society means zero cash. No tipping the waiter or hairdresser, no giving to busking musicians, no selling unwanted items for cash, no buying anything with privacy. Digital currency means every cent you receive will be recorded and every transaction tracked. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. It's a scary idea, right? This is terrifying what they want to create for us. Humanity devoid of humanity, right? We say things are a crime against humanity. What do we mean when we say humanity? We're talking about the collective, the collective soul, the collective spirit of us, our, our values, our morals, our mores. And they're really looking at a post-spiritual world they want to create for us. Oh, um, were you passing it off to me? I'm sorry. I was uh, over here. I was handing it off. I teeing it up there for you. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. No, no. I I definitely see it that way. I definitely see it. And it's it's beyond a post-spiritual world. It's going to be a post-human world. There's just no two ways about it. The only uh, logical conclusion in all of this is that humans will be engineered out of existence. If you go back to the uh, beginnings of technocracy, uh, really coming out of 1919 out of Columbia University, headed up by a guy named Howard Scott. Eventually, he formed what was called the Technocracy Technocracy Incorporated in uh, 1933, where they really started to put all this down. And I came across a treasure trove of documents that I've analyzed a lot of these on my show. I call them really the founding documents of the actual government that we live under today. These are more detailed than the Federalist Papers. Uh, really details this. Now, you're seeing a lot of this coming to, to fruition now because I believe they actually have the technology to pull it off. But they deemed us humans to be inefficient going back to the 1920s. And they did this on a formula where they called us the human engine. We were a human engine. And the energy that we took in, because this system of technocracy is based on energy, today you're going to hear of it based in carbon credits. They just changed the branding around. But it was based in energy. And so with the food and the oxygen that we take in, we only put 10% of that back into the workforce. And so they deemed us to be inefficient a long time ago. And so part of what they're constantly doing is trying to streamline the physical world, the natural world, 
streamline humanity to fit the scientists and the engineers and the technologists' vision for what should be efficient and what should be perfect. And so the only logical conclusion, if you allow these people to continue, is that they will engineer the natural world and humanity out of existence. At least that would be what I see their end goal as. Some of them may not realize that that's what it's going to be, but I put this into context with progressivism and sort of Saul Alinsky progressivism, this idea that there's no real goal in mind. And even Alinsky would say, uh, someone who did have a dedication in Rules for Radicals to Lucifer, you know, the true uh, original community organizer, as he put it, but Alinsky would tell the people he was training to become community organizers that you want to take this community here in the city and organize them around getting new sidewalks and once they win that battle and they get new sidewalks they're on this plateau and the uh, fog will clear from the plateau and then you point to the next plateau and you go oh we're not done there's the next plateau and so you send them on another mission and the idea was that eventually culture and society would eat itself alive i mean even alinsky himself talked about bringing hell on earth because he grew up as a have-not and therefore he wanted to punish the haves it was a selfish thing that Saul Linsky was out there doing. It was more about power and control than the money I think he was getting because he was somewhat of a grifter. But this is what the technocracy, this is what transhumanists, they all, I think, revolve around this same base ideology that there's really no end goal in mind. It will continue to progress towards their idea of perfection or utopia. And because they don't have a clear vision of what their utopia is and what perfection is, it will only only end with the destruction of all humans and the natural world itself unless let's say god intervenes but as far as what these guys are doing the people in power who have control and have wealth and have influence this is obviously what they're moving towards and they have how many hundreds if not thousands of ngos and think tanks and and uh, organizations working on this stuff 24 7 365 it really is and i spoke last night with Canadian Patriot and she was talking about how perversely Canada is a pedophile's Disneyland and what they're doing up there with foundations makes what they're doing down here with foundations look like child's play because in Canada they don't have the transparency laws uh, with regard to donors so what all these Clintonistas and all the Schwab types and the Soros types are doing with their money is taking it to Canada and funneling it into foundations up there. And we can see the effect of what, what's happening in our northern neighbor. It's not good. And it's all being done, funded by these people with foundations that completely lack transparency. Nobody knows who their donors are. They're out there pushing these agendas that are uh, anti-moral. They're not just immoral. They're actually anti-moral and anti-humanity. They really do. I, You know, I quipped on my show, Patriot Uprising show, a few years ago. It just came to me when I was on a rant. I called them commiecrats. I said, they hate you. They hate me. They hate America. But it's far more than the, the Republicrat Party. 
because I think three quarters of the Republicans, as do you, three quarters of the Republicans are completely useless and in the tank with all of this as well. Uh, but this is really, it is, it's, it's, we're no longer in a left right paradigm. We're in an up versus down paradigm. Oh, I definitely agree with that. No, wait, just because I hadn't heard about that. You said in Canada. So what's going on with the pedophilia part of it? Oh, it's it's rampant up there, and it's all being pushed by these NGOs and foundations that don't have to disclose under Canadian law who their donors are. Wow. So all the, you know, like CPS is one of the biggest child traffickers here in the United States. It's on steroids, apparently, up in Canada. And it's all being fostered by these NGOs that don't have to report who their donors are. Right? You're listening well, to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. Do you have an upcoming community event, rally, march, festival, or fundraiser that could do with some free publicity? TNT Radio wants to promote it for you. Simply visit the What's On Events calendar on the TNT Radio website and submit your event details. And we'll get the word out, helping you make a difference on TNT Radio. You know, Dustin, someone sent me a video clip of an event entitled Happy Drag Miss because, of course, everything has to be dragged now. And look, I couldn't care less. You want to be a drag queen? You want to go to a drag show and be entertained? Fine. That's adult entertainment. Stop pushing it on the children. But all of this coming from so many different directions all at the same time, People are starting to realize, people that haven't been paying attention are, are saying to themselves, you know, this this seems like it might be coordinated. This feels coordinated. <laughs> yeah, it is coordinated. All by the same people, funded by the same people, pushed by the same people. This transgender issue, the uh, drag issue, everything, it's, it's to debase us morally. It's to, you know, let, hey, here's an idea. We're overpopulated, so we need to lower the population We'll reduce men's sperm count. How can we do that? Oh, let's include soy in every single processed food. In fact, let's even take it to an extreme and create something called an impossible burger. It is an impossible <laughs> burger. If you eat them, it will be impossible for you to have children. <laughs> men's sperm count. Men under 40 have one-third the sperm count that men of my generation had when we were under 40. Okay, this is an absolute coordinated attack on humanity. Yeah, definitely. And just because you mentioned that, here where I live, there was a uh, gay pride, you know, festival during the gay pride month. Someone had sent me a video. The, the MC at the event is standing there and they're going we are so proud that over 26 percent of the children in the public school system here identify as lbgtq and i'm like okay what is proud about that like what are you so proud of the fact that 26 percent identify as lbgtq meanwhile they had those drag you know dancers you're talking about there which you know who knows if some of them are actually transgender they're cross-dressers but see what i i did a video on this before i started my show what's happened is this is not about and this is why i i can't even argue with folks on the left who are family and stuff because they don't see this this is not harvey milk okay fighting for equal rights anymore these are nothing more than giant sex festivals that's they're just sex festivals they're freaks that want to go out there and have sex with every person they see and that's what it's become and so why are people dressing up their children 
in rainbow t-shirts and bringing them to a sex festival. This is like if I was a swinger and my wife and I brought our son to the swinger party we were going to. We said, hey, it's part of our culture and he needs to understand to re- how to respect us. Because I, I found several articles with doctors, psychiatrists. They're just crazier than the people they're treating. And they were talking about how they bring their five-year-olds to the gay pride festivals and they explain to them ahead of time, you might see sexual activity going on. How is this not grooming? Is that not what it is when you start bringing your kids to sex festivals guys dance around on floats with nipple tassels it's all it is but then if that's what it is then just be honest and tell me that's what it is you don't have to gaslight me and tell me it's about equal rights because it has nothing to do right with yeah the big rights. question yeah the big question isn't why children need to see the drag queens the big <laughs> question is why do the drag queens want an audience of children and i said last night you know the okay boomer meme right the that ennui laden millennial response to anyone over the age of 60 okay boomer well i want to make it okay groomer right anytime somebody starts pushing this pride bs and interestingly their flag only has six colors not the seven in the in the biblical and in the natural world spectrum right there's no indigo and Anytime they start pushing this BS, Dustin, I want it to become a thing where people just say, okay, groomer. (laughs) I'm serious. I mean, this stuff is common sense. This is common sense. And I haven't spent a lot of time digging into all this uh, because this is the kind of thing where I would tell people, listen, it's orchestrated. Don't bang your head against the wall. I'm talking about my, my conservative Fox News watching friends. If you understand what transhumanism is, you understand technocracy, you understand the depopulation plans, you will realize that this is just one of the adoption campaigns it's just one of the desensitization campaigns if you can blur the lines between male and female you could eventually get people to believe they're not human and want to transcend into the cloud along with ray kurzweil and elon musk and the rest of them it's very easy to get people to do that once they don't even believe in male and female anymore it's quite easy to accomplish this it takes them you know decades it takes them a generation but i think also with technology and uh, you know mass social media the propaganda that comes out we talked earlier about this ai personal jesus antichrist that's what i call it that's already coming to us in a sense you know my twitter feed is different than your twitter feed our timelines you know when we look at it when you do a google search it's different than my google search this has been going on now for 10 years through semantic search so everything is already coming to us in a personalized choose your own adventure feedback loop echo chamber so they can manipulate you they can confirm your biases this all grows out of the mk ultra mind control programs that we did shortly after world war ii headed up by Sidney gottlieb out of fort dietrich in frederick maryland who was actually trained by Nazi scientists and Japanese torturers. This stuff has been going on for a long time. They can manipulate each of us at a personal level already. And they could... um they can literally mind control and mind hack people as we speak. It's it's happening to you and I in a sense. Um, and then we are also feeding the system as well. I tell the audience I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't admit to it. I know when I'm recording my podcast, this is all going up into my digital footprint file and is going to be used against me at some point. But hey, that's the way it is. Of we course. live inside the system. That's what I tell people. We are in a system you of know, technocracy. That, that actually... 
Yeah, you just gave me an, an idea for a new intro to my show. It's like a Miranda warning, right? <laughs> the ideas you hear may be used against you. <laughs> <laughs> the ideas you hear may be used against me. Yeah. <laughs> No, definitely. Um, you know, we are in a culture of technocracy already. I mean, you mentioned it in the beginning of the show when you were talking about examples of how technology and medicine could be used to help people with, you know, short-term life extension, uh, with, with things like paralysis or with dementia. You know, so we're already in this system of technocracy in a way. This is why I would say to my audience that what's coming is really inevitable. You can't really stop it. Now, once you understand it, there are certain people that are going to have different goals than other people. My goals may be different than your goals. You're willing to tolerate a certain level of this. Uh, maybe it's more than I am in certain areas I'm not. But once you understand what's actually going on, then you could develop goals for how you want to live one foot outside of this. For most of us, probably your audience and my audience, hey, look, if I was independently wealthy and I had $10 million, I would go buy 100 acres in the middle of West Virginia and I'd live like Ted Kaczynski and you probably would never hear from me again but unfortunately i'm not in that situation so i have to step one foot into the matrix to make my uh, food coupons which is money either by building websites for people or doing my podcast or other things that we do in order to uh, generate some revenue and put food on our table so i can't afford to live uh, full amish at this point but that's what i think the more you understand the more you can then make decisions in your life about how to reach certain goals what goals are realistic what what uh, revenue streams are going to be realistic. A lot of people come to me now, they're worried about with CBDC, what's going to happen to their 401ks, what's going to happen to the money in their IRAs. I'm not a financial advisor, but I say it's good that you're starting to think about this stuff because I think a lot of this comes into uh, play over the next seven years. 2030 is definitely a big year for these guys. So they're working towards those goals, which means you have time to prepare. Some people may say, screw it, I'll deal with it. I'll go get the brain chip and I'll live inside the metaverse. Hey, that's cool. Then my show helped you out. You probably understand the technology behind it and you'll have a good time inside the metaverse. That's how I look at it. Yeah, and it's opening up new opportunities for us because pretty soon we're going to be able to sell our unvaxxed blood at a premium. And my personal, uh, you know, I joke, but it's really not a joke. My personal retirement plan is highly motile, numerous sperm that unvaxxed <laughs> uh genetically advantaged uh no no disease no cancer uh six foot five thin athletic uh, intelligent i you know i'm gonna corner the market baby i'll tell you how do we sign up can we start doing that now have you find uh have you found a buyer yet well, you see, I, I got a plan. It's 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 fifty thousand dollars, right? Because people are spending fifty thousand dollars to go and adopt some uh, baby from Eastern Europe or from China or whatever. And meanwhile, we're killing babies here. That's another uh, completely different show. But so it's going to be fifty thousand dollars per natural insemination, right? So we're going to try month one, and if, if we succeed, we succeed, and if we don't, we go back. 
the next month, but I'm morally opposed to in vitro fertilization because it creates more embryos than are used. And I believe that life begins at conception and, and every life is, is unique and, and morally distinct. So we're going to go natural conception because at the end of the day, Dustin, if any husband agrees to this, he's absolutely positively a cuck. Not only can't he impregnate his wife, but he's willing to pay $50,000 for another man to do so. <laughs> That's insanity. Yeah. I know the in vitro stuff's crazy too. It's like you read all the articles. Oh, it's great. We can pick through the embryos and decide which ones have all your bad traits. And then we can go and then fuse the good DNA into the bad DNA. The funniest thing, I'll just mention this because I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Peter Thiel's involved. It's a company called Orchid Biosciences that's doing this in vitro stuff. And guess who is one of, I think it was the major investor, is the wife of Sergey Brin that was running 23andMe. So I'm saying, where are they getting all the good DNA to fuse into the bad DNA with Orchid Biosciences? Oh, maybe that's... It's all these idiots that wanted to find out who they were. <laughs> yeah. And now that, that DNA is being used to fuse into this good DNA. And then the ultimate goal is those are going to be the uh, kids that eventually are going to be grown inside these synthetic womb chambers i mean this is i mean and again this stuff as you know because because you obviously know science and you're flipping through and reading this type of news all the time for the audience out there this stuff is not uh conspiracy theory this is out in the open these companies exist there's real investors there's billions of dollars behind this they do uh press releases and annual reports and white papers this stuff is all out there all i do is i analyze their own words and now could the white paper be fake? Could the CEO talking about it be fake? Yeah, okay. If it's fake, it's fake. I mean, I'm not going to be able to figure that out. I'm not sitting inside their laboratory. But this stuff all comes from their own words. And I look at all the money that flows behind these companies. I look at the angel investor, then the Series A, Series B, Series C, Series D money. And you go, yep. It's all real. It's all here. And in a lot of cases, they're doing partnerships with the government. That's why I say on my show, there is no deep state. There is only the state. And so uh, the state is behind a lot of this stuff. And then when it comes to the technology, a lot of these companies are started with CIA money through InQtel. And then as soon as they get the uh, technology running, they get a major government contract and they come back and then they use the technology inside of the government to track us, to trace us, to use facial recognition against us, to track us down within the IRS. So the technology that we fund is then used against us under the guise that they love us and it's there to protect us. And so, as I always We're say, remember, you safe, Dustin. the government loves We're you. We're keeping Timothy. you safe, Dustin. They're keeping <laughs> you safe. They villainize the cops uh, in New York City. They incentivize crime. And then uh, every three months they go, look, we caught a guy with facial recognition. And everyone who got mad at the government for villainizing the cops then cheers on the same government that installed the facial recognition. And you say, you can't figure out what's actually going on here. They're driving you into the arms of dystopian uh, AI policing. That's what they're actually doing. And people can't recognize it. RoboCop was not just an <laughs> entertaining movie. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio.
Putin price hike excuse. A massive economic downward spiral. Thanks to Biden's war on fossil fuels and other policies. 40-year high inflation. Rising prices. Direct result of the bad decisions that Joe Biden has made. Facing food shortages. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. You know, Dustin, you mentioned earlier um, how people are starting to wake up and you use the term conspiracy theory. I think if people have learned nothing over the last two years, three years now, they've learned that conspiracy theorists are only pattern recognition experts <laughs> that are 12 to 18 months away from being seen as prophets, right? <laughs> as, as, as seers, as we, we, we who can pattern recognition or pattern recognize are, are and see around corners are, uh, are are the new gurus uh based on our ability to spot the bs early and call it out you mentioned uh pain.tv mike moore's channel he's got the thomas pain podcast uh check him out on pain.tv i was on mike's show on april 15th in 2020 Okay, before the vaccines were even out, I was explaining all the BS with all the R not values. Remember when the whole COVID thing got started? It was the R not value, the R not value. It's like, well, you don't know what the R not value is because it's a ratio of the number of people that got sick as a, a, a measure of is a is a percentage of the number of people that have been exposed to the virus. There's no test for the virus. We have no idea how many people have been exposed. You don't know what the denominator is. So any R not value that you see published is completely made up and on and on and on. And I warned ahead of time about these MRNA vaccines because they had been trying to get them approved for 30 years. They first tried it with AIDS. Fauci was actually found guilty of lying to the army twice. So how is he still in his job? Probably the same way that J. Edgar Hoover was able to stay in his job by blackmailing everybody <laughs> that could take him out of his job. I have no proof of that, but that's the only explanation as to why that half-pint Hitler has been able to stay as the only director of NAID uh, in its history. So I went back on Mike's show in June, and I did the whole show laying out the technology. Right, laying out what mRNA is and what this technology was and what the dangers were. And now here we are, died suddenly is the number one cause of illness. <laughs> Cleveland Clinic just published a study showing that the mRNA jabs increase COVID risk with each subsequent boost. We've got data out of Israel showing that one jab compromises your immune system 30%, two jabs compromise it 80%. And if you get boosters, you're going from there. So people basically have vaccine-induced immune deficiency syndrome. It's an AIDS-like syndrome where their bodies not only can't fight off any viruses, protozoa, uh, mold, bacteria, but rogue cancer cells. We're seeing cancers develop. They're phenomenally aggressive. Physicians have told me they've never seen cancers so aggressive. I had one friend's daughter have to have an ovary removed because a cancer had wrapped so completely around it that the only way to get rid of the cancer was to take the ovary. You know, fortunately, she has two, but she had, you know, half of uh, an ovary and fallopian tube removed because of the cancer. Our, we have rogue cancer cells all the time. All a cancer cell, folks, is, is a, a cell that 
reproduces itself in an unregulated manner, right? It's not, it doesn't uh, stop reproducing based on contact inhibition or uh, physiological conditions. It just keeps multiplying and forms either a tumor or other form of cancerous growth. And our bodies find these all the time and zap them. Well, if you've got a compromised immune system, that doesn't happen. So basically, Dustin, we're walking amongst people that have no functional immune system. And it's been all been done by design. Yeah. And it's I mean, all it, been done for power plus profit. Power my 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 uh, equation on this show is power plus profit equals control. Definitely. I agree with you. And and I think everyone out there is starting to see more and more of this in their personal life. And they'll tell you, oh, it's anecdotal. It, yeah, it's anecdotal that nine people out of the 11 people I know are dying. Like, I mean, give me a break. Uh, I know a lot of older people whose cancer came back literally within a few months of them getting the first jab. I've got a cousin of mine who got jabbed while she was pregnant. Her daughter ends up being born with this rare disease. She has to take medicine for the rest of her life. Uh, see a doctor every month for the rest of her life. I've got friends of ours that are jabbed and boosted up. They've had COVID seven times. I'm like, seven times? What the hell are you doing? On top of it, they have people addicted to running down to a CVS parking lot and getting jabbed in the nose up into their brain all the time. I have people that we know, uh, relatives, that have turned into such hypochondriac germaphobes. They have testing kits at home. Every morning, they're literally taking a test. Every time they get the sniffles, they go, uh, hey, listen, can I stop by? I want to drop some off. Don't worry, I don't have COVID. I did a test. I'm like, what are you, nuts? These people are crazy. And I remember you were, at least in the circle of uh, independent media I was involved with. I don't even remember. I, I can't remember if you came on the Douglas to Cody show and talked about it as well. You were the first did, guy. Yeah. yeah, with a science background. You were the first guy with a science background who was actually blowing the whistle on this, uh, which is why I want to get you on uh, my show, because I don't talk about COVID land and the vax that much in the show. We're going to start doing a little bit, but I stay clear. You, you give him much too much credit, by the way. When you when you call it a high school theatrical, <laughs> you give him much too much credit. I, I call it middle school, right? This is a, this is a middle school play. Oh, you know where the scenery it. is all really bad? And, yeah. Yeah. That's I gotta change it. That COVID land, the middle school uh, theater production. I mean, it's just that's what I call it because within five minutes they rolled out the plexiglass. You know the sneeze sneeze guards that were gonna save us. It was like a half of a piece of plexiglass hanging from a chain from the ceiling that's uh, moving around. And then the sixteen-year-old kid who works at the register, he's like, "I can't hear you, sir." So he puts his face around the outside of this. You know, Tim, I just told well, a story. Meanwhile, there's no plexiglass behind him in the people at the next aisle are literally standing next to him with no plexiglass in between them. It's hilarious. That'd be insane. I, I'll tell you this. I just had a, a, a child. He's uh, six weeks old. And so I did a whole show on this because... Puzzle tough. Uh, thank you. We we had it all planned. We were using a midwifery. Uh, it was all planned for a home birth. We had a doula, took a lot of classes, did a lot of research on this. It was all set up. My wife went into labor for 
She was 48 hours. She labored at home. Infection ended up setting on. The midwives did a transfer to the hospital. Although we were totally planned for this with all the research. So we go into the hospital and it starts. I was prepared for it. Excuse, you got to put on the mask. And they're handing out the little. This is six weeks ago, man. They're handing out the little paper mask with the elastic bands. And I said, you're not even going to start with this nonsense, are you? Uh, yeah, you have to. I said, I can see your lips sticking out from the side it does absolutely so it was, you had to refight the whole covid land middle school production and so then we get up to the hospital room and the nurse walks in and she goes okay listen everyone has to take covid tests i said no we're not taking covid tests what no one has ever refused COVID tests. I said, we're not doing COVID tests. So then uh, she says to me, okay, well, then we're going to have to isolate you. So they put tape all over the outside of our door. We're in COVID isolation. They come in with personal protective equipment. You know what it was? Two of those paper masks and the equivalent of a lobster bib. And I start laughing. It was the dumbest thing I've ever Kick seen. Kick them out. Kick them out. Tell them that's your private space and you want full <laughs> level four bunny suits. <laughs> I told them I wanted hazmat suits in there. So And so then yeah, the doctor... Yeah. The doctor came in and they start feeling us out. Like, why did you refuse the COVID test? And I said, listen, it's none of your business why we refuse the COVID test. Like, you know, we're not doing it. So then I actually said to them, I told this, I did a three-hour podcast on this. I said, listen, I said, I want you guys in hazmat suits and I want to know which ones of you are vaccinated because I don't want you shedding all over us in this room and getting my uh, unborn child sick. And so they're all, what? They treat you like you're crazy, but I flipped the whole thing around luckily our midwife was with us and our doula was with us both of which are unvaccinated and part of the whole natural birth world but oh man it was hilarious and then in the middle of the night i go out and the seven nurses are sitting in their station with no mask on i told them i'm calling the cdc on you folks how dare you be out here with no mask it was it's such a middle school production uh that, that and why people go along with it i guess people like to be part of live action role play i mean that's all i could imagine because it doesn't make any sense well if we've learned nothing else in the last two years it's how gullible people are. And also, though, Dustin, the dark side of it, we understand now how East German, the East German Stasi was able to exert such total control over that country with so few agents, right? Because they had neighbors reporting on neighbors. Brooke McGowan saw it in, in Hawaii. She had it happen. Her next door neighbor blew the whistle on her because she didn't wear a mask to walk her garbage to the end of her driveway. She literally got a knock on the door because she'd gone outside to bring the garbage to the end of the driveway without a mask on. And it never lose sight of the fact of all the little fascists and proto-fascists and wannabe fascists we live amongst. I agree with you 100%. If that is the one takeaway of all of this, you're correct. It's that people should realize how easy it was for what happened there under Nazi Germany to happen because we saw it in real time. The difference was this time they weren't asking. Meanwhile, I got Facebook. Yeah, meanwhile, I got I got kicked in the Facebook gulag in March of 2020 for using boxcar memes, for making boxcar memes because we saw all this coming. You and I talked about it. We saw this coming.
Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of people that did. Uh, and, and you brought up, I'll make this quick, you brought up at the beginning of this segment about being prophets. Well, you have Ray Kurzweil, you have Yuval Noah Harari. They're, they're called futurists and prophets by the elites. And I always tell the audience, they're not futurists and prophets. They are the guys who are actually helping engineer the system. They're just telling you what they're doing tomorrow for work. And in our particular case, people that are called conspiracy theorists, we're just reading what those guys guys are talking about and then telling you what's coming in three years from now because it's already written because it's already written about it's already done it's a done deal and so they're it is absolutely i can't thank you enough for coming on you're you're my first guest that i've i've had on both hours folk if you're listening on the podcast platforms podbean uh, spotify apple podcasts spreaker all of them go back and listen to the first hour as well because these will be two separate episodes Dustin, congratulations on uh, your new life, your new wife, your new baby. Congratulations on the new show. It's been too long, and we're definitely going to have to have you back. This has been both uh, enlightening, illuminating, and entertaining as always. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. God bless you, and I'll get you on my show so people could meet the man who first blew COVID out of the water. All right. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.